Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. What a great reminder this morning. How you doing, Venue? What a great reminder this morning as the keyboard continues to play behind me for mood. <laughs> Your heart, oh God, is all that I want. We're entering a series called Love Potion. And until you learn how to love like God loves you, you're going to be missing a lot in your life. Your heart, oh God, is all I want. This series is going to be about, this worship experience has already been about pulling you close to the heart of God. You love when you experience God's love, but it's hard to experience God's love if you come to church with a bunch of like filters and preconditions. Come on, can I hear an amen? You come to church, you already know everything that you need to know. God has to come to you on your terms. You are going to miss what the heart of God has prepared for you today. So just, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. I just give it up freely, God. There's this thing about the gospel of Christ that you'll find your life when you lose it. That you'll find love when you stop trying so hard. And start doing what God tells you to do. You'll find what you're looking for. You'll find what you've been looking for. The, um, one of the practical ways to do that venue is we have First Wednesday coming up, this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. It's a night of worship and prayer and prophetic ministry. And, and if I could explain it to you like this, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. God already knows how your Super Bowl this month is going to get played. He, he, if you come to First Wednesday, I think what he'll do is by his spirit give you the plays to run so that you don't lose. All the men are like, I'm in, I got it. How would I describe First Wednesday um, to the ladies maybe? Now maybe you're into football ladies, don't hate me. I like football too. Um, if you come to First Wednesday, I think the Holy Spirit can give you chocolate for the next month. And if you don't come, you'll be eating carob and wondering why it, it tastes terrible. Come on. The Holy Spirit of God has prepared something for you and the people who come get free and the people who don't have to work a lot harder and God doesn't want you to struggle in your life. And so come on out to First Wednesday. It's going to be great. This series I've called Love Potion, How to Love Right in a World Gone Wrong. I don't know what your love life looks like right now. Maybe you're in between. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe you're in venue youth and you want to get it right so that you don't have to struggle like your parents struggled, this is a great sermon for you to be in. If you're a venue child, you need to be in the kids' ministry because I'm going to say words like sex and your parents are not going to give me a lecture because they should have you in venue kids right now where they're not talking about sex. I assume, are they talking about? They're not talking about sex. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just relax. If it's your first time here, this is the sort of thing that I do. Um... <laughs> Whatever stage of love that you're in, maybe you're fresh out of, maybe you're falling into, maybe it's been a while, maybe it's been a long while, <laughs> maybe it's been long enough with the same person that you're well aware of their faults and failures, and this is going to align your heart and how you love with how God loves. Are you ready? Oh, this is going to be so good. Whatever stage you're in, you're going to get something out of this series. Genesis 2 and 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper who is just right for him. Let me set this up in its emotional context for you and take a few liberties if I may. Um, God has created uh, the world and put it, filled it with toys and then he puts Adam in the middle of it in a room full of toys by himself. And then he looks over at Gabriel and he's like, are you watching Adam today? And Gabriel's like, I'm not watching Adam. I'm doing the other stuff you told me to do. I thought you were watching Adam. And God's like, what have we done? It is not good for a man to be alone without adult supervision. So I need to make him a helper, ladies, who is just right for him. See, uh, when, you're, when you're little, when you're little, you know that you need supervision. And it is not good for a man to be alone, whether you are old or whether you are young or whether you are tall or whether you are short. It is just not good because you can't be trusted. You can't be trusted. My, my, my mom said that, that when it got quiet in the house when I was little, she started to worry. Well, I have four daughters. When it's quiet in the house, I just like read a book or something. I don't think to myself, like, are they trying to kill themselves somehow by experiencing the most amount of fun that a human can experience? And if they go over a jump at 60 miles an hour, maybe 70 miles an hour would be the ultimate experience, and we should just try that a lot. I don't have to deal with that. I just deal with girls, and it's just psychological warfare all the time. That's different, man. They got memories. Beautiful thing. Guys are beautiful, and we don't remember crap. I don't remember, like... My wife apologized to me one time, the only time in our marriage that she apologized to me, she apologized to me one time, and she's like, she's like, I'm sorry for that thing that I said, and I'm, I'm like, what thing? I held it together, and I said, you know what? We all say things that we shouldn't. It's okay, it's okay. The idea of of supervision. My mom, she was having a chat with one of her girlfriends, I think, and the house had been quiet for like way too long. And, and, and the back of her spidey sense starts tingling. Anybody got boys? And the spidey sense starts tingling. It's the Holy Spirit saying, it's still not good for a man to be alone. And uh, she, she comes in from the other room and she's like, it's been way too quiet for way too long. And she hears this sound, and this is what it sounded like. And then, she heard it again like the air being let out of a tire or something and then and she came in to to her dining room and she found her her brand new dining room chair set anybody remember the late 70s with the, like the vinyl nasty green I assume like chair covers and um, I had released the captive air from, I had worked my way around and I was probably on the last one, I think. And I had let six or, six or eight with a steak knife or something, breathing holes in the chair. And I got around to the last one because, ladies, we don't need a lot of time to wreck stuff. You think about it way too long. We're already doing it. We think after, if we think at all. And, 
And uh, she didn't give me too much heck because she realized um, she didn't like them in the first place and she wished that maybe dad hadn't bought them on sale because she didn't like the color and maybe she would get a new, new set. So I actually escaped that day. That was not a terrible day for me and it wasn't the end of my life somehow because my mom is Irish and that's how they think, I guess. And so anyways, um, it wasn't until the next morning that she realized that I had also been left alone outside and had slashed all of the window screens outside. And... I don't know what you were thinking, Mom. I need adult supervision. As I was telling Pastor Aaron this, we got away for a few days, and so we got away for a few days, and we're in like the, the airport in Cancun coming home, and this is before my entire face is peeling, which it is right now, because I decided that wearing sunscreen is for idiots, and I'm not an idiot, and so I'm just like, I'm just done. I don't got time for this. Well, now I got time for my face to peel. And also, somebody mentioned that because I burned my face off with that hot steam thing, you heard the story a little while ago, well, maybe my face is peeling because of that as well, which I had completely forgotten about. <laughs> I don't have time to remember stuff. As I'm telling Pastor Aaron this word that the Holy Spirit put in my heart, I'm like, oh, it's all about supervision. It's all, and I give her the 30-second soundbite in the Cancun airport, wearing my favorite red shirt at the time. And as I'm doing this, I'm eating at the same time. It's my love language. I'm eating a chip, and the chip breaks, and a piece of steak goes right down the front of my favorite shirt. And I'm like, do you see? Supervision. The Holy Spirit gave you an object lesson, and it's me. You know what I did? I went and got my shirt out of my bag because I brought, packed an extra one because I knew something like that was going to happen. Aren't guys great? Are you, are you married to a man? Hallelujah. Don't shove me down, ladies. Come on, he's sitting right beside you. He knows. You're not that dumb. See, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, ladies, I know you want love to be this magical thing. My sermon title today is, It's Not Magic. Just to give you a heads up where it's going. Love potion. You want it to be magical, but listen, boys are not magical. And you're married to one. And you want him to be magical, but he's not. But you want him to be, but we're not. We're practical. Not our fault, you married us. We're not magical. But the trouble is, you and I, we want this magical relationship. But we take, listen, I'm going to, let me get into this here. Love and eventually marriage is ultimately very practical. It is not magical. The magic comes later. These are the thoughts that I wrote up when we put this right up on the website. And then I wrote out what I feel like the Holy Spirit was giving me just to set the tone for this whole series. Because you're going to get something in this series that is going to set you up for success. And you're going to quit failing at love in your life. Can I hear an amen? Because the Holy Spirit knows you've tried everything else. But why don't we do love his way? Are you ready? This is what, this is what I, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying. As soon as love enters the realm of magic... I know that's what you want, ladies. It becomes unpredictable. When things are unpredictable, you get afraid. But the scriptures say there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Therefore, love must be somewhat predictable. Not magical. Watch. It becomes, if it's magic, it becomes uninvestable. Well, you can't invest in magic. It just happens or it doesn't. 
It becomes uninvestable. Then you stop, stop investing in the practical, which means you don't get the magic later. It becomes, this is for the guys. See, I can say this about guys and make fun of guys all day. We're not offended. Why? We know. Yeah, in five minutes from now, we're not going to be offended at all. Love, when it's magic, becomes unfigureoutable. Which is very frustrating for us men. If it's magic that you want, we can't figure that out. But it's not. We've fallen in and out of love because we believe the lie that our heart somehow decides all on its own who, listen, who to love and how to do it. I gotta stop right there. If it's magic, your heart just does what it wants to, loves who it wants to, loves how it wants to. What if love was far more practical and attainable? What if God gave you a formula that would actually work for you? See, here are some of my other thoughts. Love has a language, but it's not magical. When it's magic, you'll seek magic potions. Well, if you just go eat at this place, because it's super romantic. We'll, we'll seek magic songs. Do you have a magic song dating people? It won't matter in about six months. I hate to break it to you. It's just a song. You'll be seeking magical experiences. You'll be seeking magic words. You'll be seeking magic incantations. You'll be seeking magic. You'll be seeking magic movie moments that you watched when you were a teenager and you just want to feel like that. Poor guys, man. I can't recreate a movie moment. I'm like a fail army moment waiting to happen, but I'm not a magic romantic movie moment. You'll be seeking pixie dust. Love will seem to land arbitrarily on the lucky few and not on the rest of us. And then it will lead you to disappointment. You'll make deals with God that sound like this. God, if you give me a man, I promise, I, I know that somebody in the room has said, I promise I will do the dishes and never complain again. If you just give me a man, Lord, just give me a man. And God's like, right, so you live by yourself right now and you do one set of dishes, but if you have a man, you're gonna do four sets of dishes. And you're complaining now. But if I give you a man, you're not going to complain about that. All right, guys, guys, we're like, guys, we're like, God, if you give me a wife, I promise I'll work so hard at work. And God's like, you don't work hard at work right now. God, I promise I'll get three jobs. And God's like, you can't keep one job. But now if, you get, if I give you a woman, then you're going to work harder. If I give you what you want, then you'll, you'll get better. Right, 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 right. See, this creates the obvious problem that when it becomes hard work, or when we, let's get real, suffer betrayal, disappointment, or loss, we tend to trade the energy that it takes, that it requires to do regular maintenance on it. And we trade that regular maintenance and that energy and that discipline, we trade it for magic beans. But everybody in love, magic beans, there are no magic beans. Beans just make more beans and beans taste terrible and you lost the cow too. You traded something you could invest, something that was feeding your soul, and you traded it for magic, but you didn't get it, and you only get more beans. <laughs> Theologically correct. Listen, we treat our hearts like they're magical, but they're not. They're not. We sing songs like, I can't help falling in love with you. 
Well, that's okay if that's your wife, but it's, if it's your secretary, that's not good. Whoa, whoa, I'd better help falling in love with my sec, or my mom will murder me. And then my wife, but probably my mom first. I'm just gonna stop right there. I don't wanna get murdered. We say things like this, my heart decides who it loves and how, and I have no control over it. But what we forget to do is mistrust our own heart. Because your heart is making, are you ready, decisions. Something and someone is informing it how to think about love and who to love and how to love them. We can figure this out. It's not arbitrary, it's not accidental, it's not magic. Something is informing it to think that way. We say things like, it wasn't a decision, it just happened. No, no, no. everything is a decision. Making no decision is a decision. Micro decisions. Start fixing the micro decisions and we'll get love right. Listen, once love is removed from the mystical realm, it becomes something we can grow in, something we can invest in, something we can figure out. But when you have this naive concept of love, like, hey, I fell in love and then I fell out of love when things got hard, or when I was betrayed, or when I was... And I'm not making light of anything, because we have been through the wars as, as a couple, and we have made it out the other side, and it has not been easy. But once it's removed from the mystical realm, it's something we can grow in and invest in. It's something we can forgive. It's something we can get past. We can deal with issues. But when we're naive about it, we think to our, it's like we're falling in and out of love all the time. But here's the thing. Love was not supposed to be like an eaglet learning how to fly because eaglets get pushed out of the net, nest and they fall. And some of you are falling in and out of love all the time because you don't know how to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Write a song about it, somebody. If you would learn how to fly, it takes skill. And when you learn how to fly in love, it'll work. It'll work. We need to grow up, build the skills that love require and soar. What is marriage designed for anyways? Because if you build a house on the wrong foundation, the house is going to fall. And you watch it happen to your neighbors all the time. Maybe it has happened to you. Maybe it has happened to your brother or sister or your mom and dad. What do you think that it's designed for? Because if you have a misread on that, you'll have a misread on everything else that happens after that. You can build a house. It'll be a waste of time because it's going to come down. So we don't judge a fish by its inability to climb a tree. So if I think that marriage is about this, and Aaron thinks that it's about this, and God thinks that it's about this, and neither of us are right, we're going to be trying to get a fish to climb a tree, and it's not going to work, and it's going to be frustrating, and then we're going to get mad at God somehow, or love, or each other, when we are the ones who have the misconception about it. It's practical. Tools, listen. Are you calling me a tool? Yes, I'm calling you a tool. You were designed a certain way to function a certain way. When you function apart from your design, don't use a hammer like a screw gun. It doesn't work. It will be very frustrating for you. Marriage and, and love and romance is made up out of tools. You have to learn the skill to apply the tools right. See, it, it requires specific skill and specific conversations. But what the devil has done in Canadian society is that he has used our concept of classroom training. Like, hey, we'll put it on a screen. We'll just put, somebody will talk about it and I'll learn like that. Marriage was meant to be learned like an apprenticeship. Yeah, that's true. That's good. 
Young ladies, young men, who has gone ahead of you who is a godly person with an amazing marriage, who's made it work, who's, it's been hard, but they've made it work. Who are you getting counsel from and getting taught by? Who do you run your arguments past? And say, this is what I said and this is what she said. It's supposed to be an apprenticeship. It's supposed to be an apprenticeship. Specific conversations. Young ladies, can I say this? It hurt the, it'll hurt your feelings a little bit. Because I got stuff that's going to hurt the guy's feelings too. But hey, I'm not in here to like, let's fix our love. Let's learn how to do it right. Young, young ladies. Have you ever asked somebody with a very successful marriage like, so how many times a week should we be having sex? Guys, thank me later. <laughs> Have you ever asked anybody? You're just figuring it out on your own. Or are you just having sex whenever you feel like it, which maybe not a lot? Is that working? Does he get to have sex whenever he feels like it too? One conversation could change the rest of your life. Could change his life. Could change your marriage. Could change everything. If you want to know, ladies, come and talk to Pastor Aaron. She doesn't mind. Blow her phone up. Really? You're into, I didn't think you'd be into that. Ask somebody. Look, if somebody's been married a long time, they're not going to feel embarrassed about it. They've had to work through it. They've had to get counsel and work through it and be like, oh my goodness, sweetheart, I thought this one, it was not that. Come on. Oh, so good. Listen, it's gonna be, it needs to be an apprenticeship. I'm going to, when my daughters start dating at the age of 35, maybe, when I feel like they're ready, I'm going to help apprentice their boyfriends. You're welcome, Alice. You're welcome. It doesn't have to be awkward if you don't think that it is. I'm not going to think that it's awkward at all. I'm going to enjoy myself. You want to date my daughter? You come in dressed like that. I'll throw my pearls before swine. Go home and dress up. Man. Get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> Said the guy with the mohawk, right? Like, what? <laughs> Look, man, you come in here, you want to date my daughter. Hey, there's no problem. Sure. Why don't you come and shake my hand? You come to the house to pick her up? Don't you sit out in the car and honk the horn. She's not your dog. Uh, sit out and honk the horn. <laughs> and you do that after you get married. That's different. <laughs> well, we've been here for an hour and a half and you're still talking inside. That could be me or Aaron, honestly. <laughs> Can we go? We said we we're going to go. <laughs> That's after. No, no, come in, shake my hand. Hi, Corey, I'd like to date your daughter. Who? Corey. Who's Corey? Oh, you mean Mr. Coat. You need something that I have, but I don't need anything that you've got. I got the commodity, man. I don't need you. You call me pastor. You're going to date my pastor's daughter. There's no problem. Why don't you take me out first? <laughs> you know what's happening. I'm going to check you out. Just treat me like you're going to treat Arwen when you take her out on a date. There's no problem. What do you want to listen to? I don't like listening to that. That's full of garbage. I'm not garbage. Do you think I'm garbage? That's why you want to listen to this in the car? I'm not garbage. I'm a daughter of God, man. Why don't you turn some worship music on? Ooh. I feel this would be a holy moment. You feel like it's a holy moment, Johnny? 
I feel like it's a holy moment. You got any sins you need to confess? Confess your sins, my son, and be free. Oh, yeah, y'all, now you know I'm not joking. I've thought about it. You want to hold my hand? You want to hold my hand? This hand? You want to hold my hand? On the first date. I don't know where your hand has been. Why don't you tell me about your dating history a little bit? Give me all the details. All of them. Just give me the bad ones. I want to hear those first. Because I can make this real short. I just save you a lot of time. Look, I don't want you to waste a lot of money and a lot of time if it's not going to work out. An apprenticeship. Let me show you how, because this is what I want from my daughter's fathers, if you're lucky enough to have daughters. When some guy comes along and is like, you're beautiful, they're not going to be like, oh my goodness, somebody called me beautiful. They're going to be like, I know. That's right. That's right. I get told every day. I don't need you. I got all the male love and affection that a girl can have because I got a dad who's engaged and involved. I don't need you. You can come or go. You're not here to give me happiness. I got it already. I'm fulfilled. I have self-esteem. I don't need to do anything to impress you because my dad thinks I'm okay and I'm okay with that. Oh, that's good. Don't get handsy with me. You want to get handsy with me? You hold my daughter's hand. Just picture me in there, looking at you. I want my face to be in your head. Think about me. Think about me. You're going to think about me. I'm going to go in the basement and practice my rifle skills. This is what happens in marriage. What you think it's for is going to affect everything that you build upon it. And some of us have been married for a long time, but we built it on the wrong foundation. It's not too late. You just got to trade foundations real quick, okay? Just do it quick, though. Here's the thing. There's two, two ways that it happens now. The, the one, there's more than that, but these are kind of two of the main ones that I see now. It's this, we do this like, hey, let's just hook up. You're cute. Let's just hook up and see what happens. Let's go for chemistry. Yeah, well, chemistry is chemistry, and it's not an investment. It's too easy. It's too easy, and it doesn't last. Don't swallow the pill that everybody has swallowed, because it didn't work out for anybody, and everybody's too proud to say we didn't know what we were doing. So what happens is we fracture ourselves, but the Bible says that, that the two shall become one, and it's supposed to happen in marriage, and if it doesn't happen in marriage, and what happens is you hook up here and you hook up there and you give a piece of yourself because the two become one, but once you pour two different colors of liquid into one glass, it actually mixes and becomes one, and you can't unwon it. Now, some of you need sexual healing and you need sexual oneness because the person that God wants you to be with now, you can't give yourself to because you're so fractured, you're all over the place. And what needs to happen is that the two shall be, you need to be made holy there, which means you need to confess what has happened and be like, I was with, I was with, this is what Freedom Group is good for as well. Let me just like, just get it all on the table and let God sort it out and heal it and put it back in. Because we treat it too lightly and you cannot be one with the next person when you're still with, there's pieces of you floating all over the place. That's kind of the one way. But then there's another part of marriage that you can do this and still subscribe into this other thing, but this other thing creates an idol of marriage. That um, after, this thing after the enlightenment, um, 
marriage before the Enlightenment was different, but after the Enlightenment, it became a, a, a way, a means to self-actualization. It wasn't like that before, to self-fulfillment, to hi, I'm marrying you so that you can make me happy. Here's my box of dreams. Make them come true. And I'll check in with you in a couple of years. Why aren't you working on my dreams? And they're like, well, you're not working on my dreams. You think marriage's job is to, and we make an idol of marriage as like, I will find purpose in my life when I'm not alone. I will find purpose in the other person, but that's a, too heavy of a weight to put on them. Because only God can find you purpose for you, and only God can bring it to you. And they're not God. So quit treating them like that. Quit treating marriage like it's this magical, it's just not. It becomes this thing called apocalyptic romance, which means give my life meaning. Thank you very much. That's why I'm in this. Now, some of you need to go home and be like, I have been treating my wife like that. Like, I've been treating you like, hey, it's your job to bring me purpose in life. And I'm sorry for that. Like, that's a weight that you can't bear. And I'm sorry. That was not your job to do. It was my job to get that from God. And I went to you instead. I made an idol out of this thing and I shouldn't have. As we dip into the scriptures, kind of to start this, the foundation of this series here, I want to let you know that God, by the Holy Spirit, gave the Apostle Paul, who was a single man, the formula for how your marriage could work. And you're not going to like it. The men are going to be like, you're not married, you don't have kids, what do you know about this? And God's like, well, I just gave him a message for you, but it's from me. Do you want it to work or not? Because he, he'll show you, right? Girls are going to be like, he's a single guy. He doesn't know what it's like to be me. And God's like, I know what it's like to be you. I gave him a message for you. You want to listen? You want to let God rewrite the rules of love? Because if he does, it'll work. And if you don't let him, then you're going to keep failing and it's not going to work. Because what he does is he'll send you a message, a messenger that you don't particularly like because the messenger that you would like would agree with you. And cover up your failure which is, might be some of the friends that you've surrounded yourself with. Oh, honey, yeah, he's just selfish. Oh, he's just, they just tell you what you want to hear. But real friends tell you what you need to hear. You talk to him like, what? You watch what kind of movie? Men? What? No, 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 no. The truth. Paul brings by the Holy Spirit the truth. The message will offend you. The messenger will offend you because God has to shock you out of thinking that you know how love works when you don't. Is it working? Well, let's... And further, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What? Submit? No, 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 no. Not in today's age. We have evolved. Yes, and our marriages are bringing a lot of happiness now, are they? The divorce rate is super low, is it? Hmm? Everybody happy? He's saying you're missing the point of marriage. Marriage is a place to give, not a place to get. Sacrifice and submission is the path to love and connection. You, you get out what you give. Not the other way, I'll give when I get. That's why it's not working. You're waiting for the other person to get fixed. You're not fixing you. Further, submit to one another. Hey, it's the kingdom of heaven. Everything is backwards. You'll find your life by losing your life. Oh, that's good preaching. Yeah, I know. Here's the thing. He's saying submit. You don't like that word. You know why? Because when you were small, you knew that you needed supervision, but then you became an adult and you thought that you were your own supervisor. Yeah. And now you're trying to supervise the marriage and it's not working because you're not supposed to be the supervisor. 
You're not supposed to be your own supervisor. And then he's like, okay, girls, I know what you're going to struggle with. It's as old as Eve is. You're going to struggle with this. If you get this right, as you were designed to do, you'll be happy and fulfilled and healthy. You ready? All the girls are like, you be, be careful. I'm, like, I'm not going to be careful. I with five of you. I'm not afraid of you. I want my daughters to be happy and healthy. When I tell them this message, they're not going to feel demeaned. Why? Because they know that I love them. I want them to be happy. God wants you to be happy. He's not afraid of you, girls. I'm a little afraid because I live with five of them. God is not afraid of you. He just wants you to get it right. Right? The message I'm going to give to the guys is going to be much harder on them. And if you won't receive your message, ladies, why would they receive theirs? I know you want your husbands to look more like Jesus. Well, they, your, your obedience and your submission might be the seed for theirs. You ever think about that? Don't worry about them. Let God break them. Let's get to us, okay? For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But they're not the Lord. God's like, I know. That's why I wrote that. As to the Lord. What does that mean? Submit to them as to the Lord. Submit to each other, everybody. This is not about you. No, you first. You first. You first. What are you thinking about? You first. Submit to them. Find out... Here's the thing, girls. I've been around a long time. I know you want them to figure out how you think and feel. Have you figured out how they think and feel? Guys hurt too. Guys have emotions too. We're just not allowed to feel anything. If, but we feel it. We get all locked up. Well, s- submit. Submit as to the Lord. It will honor God. You won't be fulfilled until you do. This is how you were made. For the, the husband, a husband is the head of his wife, is the, Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. He is the head of, but then in religious circles, this got all weird because guys then started treating themselves like they were the lords of their home and the pastors of their wives, which is not scriptural. There's this thing floating around that was like, men are the priest of their home. No, it says you are a priest unto God. It doesn't say you're the priest of your home. Headship is not lordship. And listen, I don't care who you are. You're not your own head. You might be responsible in this division of work. That does not mean you're responsible for everything. You have a boss. You are answerable to somebody. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I might be the head of my home, which is a great responsibility. And I'm going to hear the requirements here in a sec. But I have a head who is not me that I answer to for that. Not just Jesus. A human head. A person. Scott is great at this. I didn't ask his permission to share this. Scott is great at this. I'll get a text every few weeks. Now, I can't do this for everybody, but that's what small group leaders are there for. Like, I get a text every few weeks, like, hey, I'm stuck in my marriage. Can you help me? Can you pray for me? That honors God. He's not his own head. I submitted my marriage to my pastors. I'm like, hey, tell me anything you need to tell me, anytime you need to tell me, because I get a little crazy too sometimes. I know that's a shock. And it says this. As the, the church men... I know you want your wife and your children to obey you, but why would they if you don't obey anybody? You only have as much authority as you give away. That's how the world works. Just take that home. But girls, that was to them. That wasn't to you. And the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, you ready now? Now, girls, this next part is for the men, so don't go home and preach this to them, please. They won't receive it from you. How did he know? Let's call it a guess. <laughs> let me preach this to the men and let God break them. You won't be able to break them. Don't try. You don't want to be between God and his sons. 
God is hard on his boys. He wants them to turn out right. My dad was hard on me. He wanted me to turn out right. He was good, but he was hard. Right, so let God break them if they're proud. Don't you do it. You worry about you and let God worry about them. You ready? For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. He's like, first to the altar, guys. First to sacrifice. First to give up your life. First. First. What are you wanting them to serve you for? Get in there first. To make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He's like, get emotionally involved, men. Find out what your kids are into. Find out if your wife's friends are good people or bad people. Are they good influences on her? Do they love her like she loves them? Or are they not worth the time? That is good preaching. Find out. Be interested. I told, I told my wife one time, I love you, baby. I said, like, you, that friend, you need to get a better friend because they are so selfish right now. I cannot believe that you're going through this and all they can do is think about themselves. Now, man, get engaged. You might get hated a little bit, but get engaged with it. I want to know who my daughter's friends are. I want to know what they're watching. I want to, here's a, are you, are you in the word today? Have you prayed today? That's hard to do if you're not in the word, man. If you're not praying, because they're only going to do what you do. Are you, what kind of movies are you watching? What kind of movies are you watching, dad? Right. Lay your life down. Give out what you want so that you can get what God needs. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. Which means, man, you've got to quit hiding sin. You want to date my daughter? It's no problem. Who's your accountability partner? Oh, you don't have one? Let me be your accountability partner. I'll do it. I have an accountability partner. You don't have an accountability partner? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Don't you trust me? Of course I don't trust you. You're human. I'm shocked that you trust you. That's why I have an accountability partner. You need an accountability partner. And it says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And please get this right. Girls, you're always trying to get him to love you more. That's God's job. Men, you're always trying to get her to respect you more. That's God's job. Men, worry about love because that's where you're going to struggle. Girls, worry about respect because that's what you're going to struggle with. And we all need apprentices. I need apprentices who are men who can kick my butt when I'm not loving right. And girls, you need somebody to apprentice to that can kick your butt when you're not respecting right. And this is what needs to happen, this whole idea of supervision. When I try to supervise and set the rules for our marriage, and I try to be the referee, what naturally happens when you try to set the rules is that then all of a sudden that you start playing against each other and competing against each other. When God's love is the referee and the spirit of God and the people he has put in your life are the referee, you start playing on the same team. Yes. Yes. And when you break the rules, you're like, we both lost because I got mad in that argument and I'm sorry. And I'm going to work on it. And I told my accountability partner and he kicked my butt and I'm sorry and I'm going to get it right next time. This is practical. This is attainable. We can do this, Venue Church. We can do this. Heavenly Father, I pray for 
every person here, if you need prayer in your love life or future love life, get to the care corner after and surrender to God. Father, I just pray for every person here. As we enter this life of sacrifice and quit thinking about ourselves so much, Father, I pray that you would forgive us for not getting love right. Now we want your Holy Spirit to be the referee in our lives and let the love of God be full, full blown and just grown up love in our lives and we could leave this childish love and this selfish love behind us. As we move into this series, Father, as we move into this new era of our lives, I pray that you would swap foundations for every person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.